Chip, I was going to call you blessed among women since you're the only fella up here this morning. And I want to thank the orchestra. That was just uh, wonderful. I've always uh, dreamed of entering heaven accompanied by such, at least the brass. Uh, more likely it will be a tinkling cymbal, however. It's wonderful to be with you today. I'm glad to be a part of the parade of preachers that Andrea has lined up. Andrea is one of the good ones you know, and I proudly claim her as one of mine. I trust that this has been, and Connie, thank you for your restraint. That's, I'm grateful. I trust that this has been a good season as you have reflected on the Holy Spirit over the summer. It's a wonderful thing to do after Pentecost is just to live into Acts over the summer. And I have the joy of working in Acts 15 today. Perhaps preaching on being alive in the heat of the Holy Spirit sounds like an ugly joke uh, during July. Uh, and yet this metaphor is apropos because there are some things that come alive in us when we are in the searing times and the Spirit comes to our assistance. There's great interest in spirituality today, not simply the Holy Spirit. Go to any major bookstore and there are fewer, as you know, and there on the spirituality shelves you'll find, oh my goodness, dieting, time management, self-help leadership, and it dawns on you that's precisely what Christianity, Christian spirituality is not. It's not self-help. It is being receptive to the ways in which the presence of God comes to us as Holy Spirit. Living in the Spirit is indeed the willingness to receive the divine assistance. Baptists have always been a little bit suspicious of the Spirit. I offered a couple of quotes on the front of your worship guide. Uh, a few years ago, I was leading us a conference on the Spirit in a fine Baptist church, and I asked people what their real questions were. And one honest soul said, can the Holy Spirit make you do weird things? Well, if it means being loving and open to others, well, indeed, uh, that kind of weirdness. And then one introverted fellow said, and how little do you have to do to be considered charismatic? Which I think is one of the great, the great theological questions. Uh, I call myself charismatic light. I can get my hands about this high. That's, that's it. Although some of my students have thought I spoke in tongues for many, many years. The deep sigh of the church is for a renewed awareness of the work of the Spirit in our lives and in this fragile world. You see, the Spirit does not just occupy the human, yes, nor simply the community, 
but actually the whole world. And our text from Psalm uh, 104 speaks of the life-giving breath of the spirit that awakens and calls into being and actually keeps on moving forward the whole of creation. Sometimes I think our ecological practices or lack thereof are a form of quenching the spirit in our day. The spirit is bringing life to all that is and yet sometimes we try to suffocate the spirit by our actions. Too often, the church has tried to regulate, suppress, or order the spirit because the spirit is not easily systematized. You know, there are lots of different metaphors used in the Bible. There's wind, there's oil, there's breath, there's water. All of these speak about the spirit in personal and transpersonal ways. What we do know is that the spirit is unpredictable and the presence of God that we do not control yet can learn to accompany. The church has always feared excessive claims. And there have been many, as you know, from Corinth until today. The spirit gets uh, blamed or seen as the cause of, frankly, uh, some weird things. Thoughtful Christians have wanted to, to avoid swallowing the Holy Spirit, feathers and all, as Luther accused a theological nemesis of doing. We Baptists need to reclaim a robust understanding of God who is present as Holy Spirit. Jürgen Moltmann made a very interesting comment when he said, maybe the reason we don't talk more about the Spirit is not because the Spirit is so far, but maybe the Spirit is so close, almost imperceptible, joining with our Spirit, drawing us ever into the likeness and the presence of Christ. Now it's true, we become more aware of the Spirit when things heat up, as Teresa of Avila said, when we know that we need the guidance that can kindle holy imagination. So let's go to Acts 15. It's called an apostolic council, although not in scripture, but called that, as later ecumenical councils were called, because it was such a pivotal time in the early church. In the early movement, what will the shape of Christ's body be? And the basic question was, must Gentiles become Jews to be a part of the fledgling community? Must they be circumcised and keep the law of Moses as the Pharisees insisted? And for the Pharisees, primarily represented in the church in Jerusalem, it was salvific. If you don't do these things, you are not merely no belonger here. You are not even saved. But you see, Paul and Barnabas 
had reported to the apostles and the elders about the conversion of the Gentiles and how God was doing amazing things among them. Well, some folk from Jerusalem came to Antioch and some from Antioch came back to Jerusalem and there's this beginning of a rupture as they try to figure out how do we or can we go forward together. And a remarkable compromise was struck. It was agreed Gentile Christians need not be circumcised. They need only observe some dietary restrictions, which were particularly offensive to Jewish persons, and they were to refrain from fornication. And the council decided they would send a letter to the believers of Gentile Orion origin in Antioch, Syria, Cilicia, and it would be delivered by representatives of the Jerusalem church. They would not just send a letter, they would take it there. And one can presume extend the right hand of fellowship when face to face. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to impose on you no further burden than these essentials. How in the world did they get to that point? The inclusion of the Gentiles was not an innovation on the part of the apostles. It is God's doing. And the sign of this is that they had received the Spirit and amazing things were going on in their fledgling communities. And God, who knows the human heart, verse 8, testified to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as it was given to us. And we see prior to this, it's building, isn't it? Peter has a vision. Cornelius and his household are saved. And now Peter, who sometimes wavers in terms of his commitment to this inclusion, stands and makes almost his best speech. I think his best sermon is the day of Pentecost. But this one is close as he talks about what God is doing and how he himself bears witness to this. It's a story. It is a testimony about God's generosity in giving the spirit without discrimination. Willie James Jennings is a phenomenal uh, black New Testament scholar who's written a lively, lively commentary on Acts. And he writes, Luke clearly has his hands on an erupting volcano scarcely below the easy surface of the narrative. A lot had gone on before we get this summary that we read in Acts 15. It's been heating up as Antioch and Jerusalem discern, indeed, how can we occupy the same body? And one of the questions we must pose to ourselves is have we ever fully lived into the Acts 15 vision, as we know that 
Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians always found it difficult, even though a part of the same body. But this is what the Spirit does. The Spirit transgresses every every boundary that we would set up and compels widely different people to live together in the one Spirit. Uh, We used to sing the old hymn, In Christ There Is No East or West. All Christly souls are one in Him. It's a wonderful testimony of how persons together are being drawn by the Spirit into the life of Christ. If you look closely at the whole arc of Acts, you figure out nobody, almost nobody, is doing what they would have preferred to do, right? They're eating with folks they don't want to eat with. They are learning a new history, even of their faith. Israel is being expanded to welcome those considered by them unclean. How are they doing this? Well, the Spirit of God is pressing every disciple to do precisely what God wants done and not what they might envision. That is the unpredictable and the surprising as the Holy Spirit nudges persons to stretch beyond their places of comfort to do something remarkable and needed. A number of years ago in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, my husband and I were in a, in a hard patch and a deacon in our church, uh, insurance guy, lovely, lovely fellow. He said the Lord told him that we were going to need a friend. His name is H.C. Baker of blessed memory. And we were going to need a friend. My husband was imprisoned for a season, and we deeply needed a friend. But H.C. began his introduction with us by saying, now, you know, I don't know why I'm doing this, I, I, but I think the Spirit told me to come alongside you all. And here he was, stretching beyond and accompanying in a really transformative way. Persons who become alive in the heat of the Spirit are willing to risk newness individually or even better in community. They know that the Spirit is always bringing new things to birth and with the Spirit things rarely stay put. Thanks be to God. God as Spirit is always calling us beyond where we find ourselves. I've been working in seminaries uh, a really, really long time, and the most wonderful thing about my work is hearing the stories of those who have redirected their vocation because they were beckoned by the Spirit of God to do something, 
that they had not imagined. Right now in my present school, United, United Theological Seminary of the Twin Cities, that's my commercial, there's a young woman who was in book publishing business, working in California, very, very astute, had made a great deal of money doing this, felt called to seminary to begin to write about something she had struggled with. She had struggled with her bipolarity, and she wanted to write theological books that would begin to address what many face. Another man, midlife, an attorney, wanted to come to seminary to study ethical leadership because he wanted to become an advocate for underserved kids in the public school system. Redirected by the Spirit. Person saying, I never thought I would end up here, but it would not let me go. Perhaps you've had that kind of experience, doing something you could not have imagined, yet were certain that it was a beckoning of God. What might the Spirit be asking of you at this point? Where is a place of risk? Where are things heating up for you. That might be indeed the place where the spirit is most at work and where you are becoming most alive. Well, the gathered community in Jerusalem debated and struggled and a new understanding of God's inclusive desire was birthed. The work of the Spirit was so obvious to Peter and others that they had to say no to sharp, dividing lines. The Spirit calls us, the Spirit calls the church to say no to histories of exclusion, discrimination, disregard. Gentiles did not have to confirm to ancient markers of identity. They could respectfully join a historic tradition and receive a full welcome, and nothing created by God would be declared unclean. So as a pesky visiting preacher, where is God's spirit beckoning this good church? in this season. Are there any hot issues in your midst besides keeping the air conditioning working? Are there places of conflict, of unknowing, liminal places where the church has yet to make a decision that it was seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to take this route? The places of heat and conflict are the sites where the Spirit can urge us toward new life. Whom do we talk about rather than talking with? In this text, the Gentiles are talked about. Unity will come when they join the conversation. 
Rather than putting things on the back burner, perhaps we ought to look for the heat and within it become alive to the Spirit's lively work. There's so many things, dear sisters and brothers, that we can make better in this world if we were simply to pay attention to the nudge that is the holy presence of God. We can help others come alive too. Amen.